Now, we move into the triumph, the resurrection. I want to spend a few minutes just giving you a, a global idea of how this act of God is talked about uh, in the New Testament. There are about six or seven ways that this completion of his mission is described. Talked about being glorified. Talked about going to the Father or to be exalted. That one comes from that first line of the servant song, my soul. Behold, my servant shall be exalted. That's the first line of the suffering servant song. And the word there is used every time in the three passion predictions. Be lifted up. But it means to be exalted, to rise, to be raised, to be perfected, which is the Hebrews, and to go through the veil, which is also the letter to the Hebrews, trying to give us this sense he rose from the dead to live forever and give us an eternal destiny, body and soul. We will be conformed to his body of glory forever by the same power by which now he can subject the whole material universe to himself. Then there's all sorts of different ways they speak about how people knew he was alive. About six times, they speak about appear. Not always the same verb, but appear. I'm here. And, um, and then you can find that sometimes, like in John, as I'll point out. Many times, talk about seeing him. Matthew, Luke, John, Acts, many texts speak about seeing him. Now, uh, that's interesting. There are many Greek words for see, and people have analyzed to see which ones they're used and so forth, as we'll see in a moment. Uh, but it takes two things to see. Something impacting your eyes and something registering in your brain. If I'm walking down the street and I'm thinking about something and I walk right by a friend, the light from his clothes and his body goes from him to me. But I don't see him. My mind is not participating in this. So he says, I just walked right by you. What do I say? Oh, sorry, I didn't see you. Well, I did physically, but I didn't humanly. So that's what they're talking about. Seeing him. Look at his beauty. Look at his glory. Look at his fidelity to us. He still has his wounds. Look to see. And the joy and the triumph. It's not like winning the Super Bowl. This joy is, now you can all come with me to heaven. That's the joy. I love you. You're my brothers and sisters. And now you can come with me to heaven. I've opened up the gates. That's what it means to see. You see? Now, some of those texts are uh, these Christophanies, these manifestations, are apostolic. I send you out to preach. Your sins you shall forgive. All these things. You see? They're apostolic. They're appearances of Christ to send them out. Then, there's some precise, you know, some... Uh, private ones. 
the women running away from the tomb, and Jesus is there. Jesus! They all get excited. Uh, and he says, go tell my brothers, as Matthew, you know, that I'll see them. My brothers. After all the way they let him down, my brothers. And that's an allusion to Psalm 22, where he says, I will declare your name to my brothers. I'm going to declare the Father's name now, you see. And then there are private Christophanies. Um, well, there was like the one that I just told you about, the women. And then Luke, of course, the two men on the way to Emmaus. That was not an apostolic commission for them. When Jesus is back in the upper room, it is. And so forth. And John. But I want to start looking at the text a bit. Um, and then we'll pick up with that text. Well, we'll see how far we get. Um, on the first day of the week, so that's Sunday, uh, Mary the Magdalene came early while there was still darkness to the tomb. See how he creates the scene? It's dark. She's making her way to the tomb. She's all alone. There must have been enough light, though, because she saw the stone taken away from the tomb. And seeing that, she turned around and ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they took the Lord out of the tomb. Zero faith. He, how many times did he predict, they will arrest me, they will torture me, they will kill me, and on the third day I'll rise. Completely forgotten. They took him. And she's the best. They, she at least went out there. The other guys, they're still hanging around back in the house. Um, and we don't know where they laid him. Then Peter went out and the other disciple. And they started out for the tomb. The two of them were running together. And the other disciple ran ahead more quickly than Peter and came first to the tomb. So now they're at this tomb. And bending down, he saw the strips of cloth lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came as well, following him, and he went into the tomb. And he looked at the strips of cloth lying there, and the cloth which was on his head, not with the strips of cloth lying there, but apart, rolled up in one place. Now this is baffling. If somebody stole the body, they're not going to take all the cloths off. So what happened? Why isn't he here? And he couldn't have walked off. Where is he? And these claws are here. That's why John is careful to tell us. Because if somebody stole the body, they would come in, they'd roll that big stone away, they'd take the body, and they'd go someplace with it. But the claws are lying there. So that's impossible. You see? And then the other disciple also went in the one who came first to the tomb. And he saw, and it's a difficult way to train. It's what they call an aorist verb. It's a past tense, a punctiliar past tense, aorist, with a, without horizons, without specifying. Present, perfect, and then aorist without horizons. Punctiliar, if you will. I, that isn't just a lesson in grammar. We're going to need that in a moment. 
uh, you see, he saw and believed. Well, what did he believe? And what did he see? And what does all that mean? And that is an explanation, for they did not yet know the Scripture. It's already in the Old Testament, but there's no New Testament right now. They did not know the Scripture, that he had to rise from the dead. One place is that uh, text in Isaiah, in Isaiah 53. He will see the light. When he gives his life, he will see the light. And that word, or light, was missing from the manuscript. Whether somebody took it out or whether, I don't know, the copyist. But that at the Qumran discoveries, we have an Isaiah scroll. And in the Isaiah scroll, there is the word or light. See, as he gives his life, then he will see the light. Somehow he won't be dead, dead. And so, is that what is going on? But I'll come back to my Aorus to help out a bit here. You see, this one, the beloved one, he saw, and what they, is what they call an incipient aorist. He began to believe. He entertained the possibility. He didn't really believe yet. You know, next time we have that combination, he saw, they're up at the lake, and he saw, and he said right away, it is the Lord. He knows now. And so, when they get there, if you remember that text, and they're afraid to ask him who he is. <laughs> they only live with him for three years. But it's still so hard to get, you see. Um, uh, um, uh, you see, that are the Gnominus uses he said, Jesus, do you have anything to eat and so forth? You see, they, they're not, it takes them a while to get the idea. He's really not dead. One way you can meditate on this is when you're at a funeral or at the vigil the night before when the coffin is open, look at that body of that person and say, it's going to rise. That's not the end. And then say, going to rise in three days. It's not. But Jesus is dead. And he rose. Broke the bonds of death. It's death that weighs on us, frightens us. It's on our mind or we keep trying to forget it. You see? As it says in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 2, I think it's verse 14. You see, he freed them, you see, from bondage to the devil who keeps the whole world in bondage through the fear of death. And that's what's broken. Death means diminution. You see, I kind of am no more. So, getting fired is a bit of a death. Being insulted is a bit of a death. You see, what makes the saints so courageous? They're not afraid of death. Now, soldiers can be brave and go to war and hope they don't get killed, but somebody's going to get killed. But then, you see, 
be held in bondage by the fear of death. You see the text if you want to. Uh, because the children share blood and flesh, so he also shared it with them, that through death he might render powerless the one who has power over death, that is the devil. How many people collapse through fear of death? Maybe just do something nasty at work, a little death getting fired. Maybe just deny the Lord or be martyred. This is why we celebrate the resurrection for, for another 50 days to fix on our minds Jesus conquered death. That's it. He conquered death. And so, the disciples went off again to their homes. They weren't that impressed. But as we'll find out next time, you see, Mary didn't go home. Now, what kept her there? She's a better theologian? I don't think so. It was love and grief. I've got to find him wherever he is. Now, she's not putting two together, two and two together. Well, I mean, if the claws are here, they didn't carry him. So this fellow shows up, and what should she say to him? If you've taken him, my Lord, how do you take a Lord? If he's the Lord, he doesn't have to be taken anywhere. But, you know, you've taken the Lord. Tell me where you put him, and I'll, and I'll, I'll take care of it, you know? And uh, so there's not much faith in this first scene. But as we go now through these four scenes we're going to be looking at, uh, to Mary Magdalene, then to the disciples, you see, and so forth. This first one we've already seen, where there's this little bit of faith on the part of John, and just love, you know, driving Mary. Uh, and so she goes back and gets them, and then come, then she's just there crying, doesn't know what to do. And then, as we'll see next time, the mystery of intimacy. He calls her name. And now she knows who he is. And she's so happy because she loves him. And intuitively she knows all he ever promised to do has been done. Amen.